0: This Greenbiz Radio podcast is brought to you by BP, working to provide today's energy while transitioning to a low-carbon future. More information at bp.com/us. You're listening to Greenbiz Radio, the voice of greenbiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, And the bottom line. For Green Biz Radio, I'm Matthew Wieland. Co-op America has been helping to build sustainable businesses almost since the idea came into being. Founded in 1982 as a network for environmentally friendly entrepreneurs, the organization has since grown to include thousands of businesses, large and small, all looking for ways to make the planet greener. The organization also hosts a twice-annual Green Business Conference, one in San Francisco in the fall and another in Chicago that begins on May 14th. I spoke with Denise Hamler, director of Co-op America's green business programs, about what the conferences have to offer, the growth of green businesses, and how smaller companies are leading the charge of innovation. Denise, thanks for joining us this morning. Next week is the second annual Green Business Conference in Chicago, is that correct?
1: Yes,
0: yes it is. Will you tell me a little bit about uh, how that came about or the history of the Green Business Conferences?
1: The Green Business Conference started um, seven years ago in San Francisco, and they're part of our um, Green Business Network here at Cope America, where we bring together green business leaders to really explore how to be real, authentic green companies, and to invite companies that aren't green into our fold to learn how to be green. And we um, have these right before our Green Festivals, and so we're in San Francisco and also in Chicago. So we have um, a two-day event where we bring together business leaders before our Green Festival at the Green Business Conference to talk about how to really construct authentic green companies on every level, from manufacturing to service
0: industries. Tell me a little bit about what attendees can learn at these conferences. I was at the one in San Francisco last year, and it seemed like just a really broad array of companies, uh, both in the depth of their green commitment already and just the fields that they're working in. If you're appealing to just about any kind of company, what sort of things are you offering up? Well,
1: certainly everyone needs to think about and understand how to present their information to the marketplace. And so since all things are mainstream, we have a number of speakers who are going to be talking about how to massage and how to talk, to, talk about your green practices to a wider consumer market. So we have Sarah Snow from Get Fresh with Sarah from Discovery Channel. Uh, we also have um, Bianca Alexander who has a Conscious Living TV show um, will be with us. And so p- these people are going to be talking explicitly about how to frame your messaging. And then we have an amazing uh, person from a marketing firm, um, and he'll be talking about a Conscious Consumer Report that they just finished, which is a national poll really identifying green consumer trends and attitudes and how businesses um, businesses will have access to this data and how they can walk away and think about messaging and um, profiling and um, their products and services to the marketplace.
0: What's your take on the shift in the marketplace? It seems like, obviously, businesses and consumers alike are really starting to pay attention to green. Um, How deep has that spread? Are companies really starting to realize they need to get on, on board with green in a big way? Certainly,
1: we're seeing it every day. The Green Business
0: Network here at
1: co America that produces this conference, we represent 4,000 companies, and these companies are screened for being, indeed, a socially and environmentally responsible company in how they operate and how they deal with their workforce and their sourcing and how they deal with their community. And, and so what we are seeing is increasingly more and more businesses wanting to align themselves with these green values, these responsible green values. We're growing at two to three members a day. Certainly, the marketplace is becoming increasingly crowded. So we are very much all about the authentic green experience, really building authentic green businesses, none of the greenwashing. So we really turn our attention and help people think about how to be competitive within this field and how to really align your value system, a green value system, with the products and services that you deliver
0: if you're looking to build your membership up with very authentic companies mm-hmm. what are the criteria you use to judge them
1: basically all of the businesses that apply for membership are asked a series of questions around the four stakeholders um, that are involved in any business operation which is your relationship to um, your manufacture, how you're manufacturing your product, um, your relationship with your workers, um, your community and so we evaluate each company based on what industry they're in according to this questionnaire. So we are looking at those companies that really look at the full, the full, uh, the full stakeholder approach to how they run their companies. Some people might be really into the sourcing of their product and haven't really thought about the worker's or someone who's very interested in the workers but not in the sourcing. So not only do we walk people through the screening process, but we help them think about how to go greener, and that's what, what the conference is all about as well. You know, if you're a manufacturer and you need to reduce your carbon footprint, we'll bring resources there to help businesses think about how to put together, you know, a blueprint for how to reduce their carbon, how to reduce their energy use. Uh, From everything from their fleet um, to um, you know encouraging their workers to use you know different forms of transportation to get to work, so you can see the whole broad range of leading a green company. And certainly, we've seen amazing successes for companies that started out being a totally non-green traditional company and have taken on this challenge and then within five or ten years completely transformed their operation. One company that I really enjoyed talking about is TS Designs. They were a traditional textile manufacturer out of South Carolina. They didn't think about the dyes they used, you know, the cotton that they used, and now within a very short amount of time, have completely transformed their company into a green company. They use non-toxic dyes. They use organic cotton materials for their T-shirts. They use biofuels in their vehicles. Um, they're actually producing um, biofuels at their plant. They've gone solar, wind. It's just, it, and it's really cute to watch them talk about this because every year they, like, challenge themselves to even go further in, in how they're running their company.
0: What was behind this conversion? Do you have any sense of what? Well,
1: I think what we find, Matt, in the industry is that in many, many times there's somebody within the company that has an epiphany. And we would hope that it's someone in that company that welds a, a, a great deal of, of influence in that company. For example, you know, in Cliff Bar, it was basically the owner of the company, you know, Gary Erickson, who said, oh, I have an epiphany. I want to turn my traditional nutritional bar company into a sustainable model, and I want everyone to be able to see how easy it can be, um, or how challenging. So he basically took it on, hired a chief ecologist, and within ten years, between five and ten years, have completely transformed their company as well. In TS Design, he happened to be one of the owners of the company who was able to convince his partners that there was a there was a real business case to be made for, you know, manufacturing T-shirts um, in this country um, that were totally green. And and he has now tons of accounts, everything from rock and roll bands to Green Festival, in which, you know, they provide, you know, hundreds of thousands of sustainably produced T-shirts in the marketplace.
0: Do you have a sense among your newer members, uh, as part of this boom in, in awareness about green, uh, whether these are new companies that were founded with the ideas of being green, or if it's more conventional companies who have had some kind of epiphany like this. Well,
1: certainly we see both. We see that companies have started with a value proposition around whether it's a solar company um, or you know a wind generation or um, an organic cotton, you know, clothing company. But at the same time, we're also seeing, you know, companies that are in more traditional areas, you know, whether it's the dry cleaning to wet cleaning, a restaurant that's going from a traditional restaurant to a green restaurant. I think we're seeing that convergence of very mainstream traditional companies embracing the green way. And in some ways, sometimes it is out of an issue around reducing their cost of doing business, whether it's on the energy level, I mean, we saw that with Walmart even, you know. They take the sustainability pledge because they see that it's going to result in, um, you know, in a cost of doing business that is going to affect their bottom line by, you know, going to biofuels, by reducing... The, the diesel used in their fleets to uh, the energy within their stores. And so you, you take that back down to small-scale scale stores, you will see that, whether it's in a Whole Foods or a locally-owned um, vegetarian restaurant companies that – know that there is a benefit to the bottom line. And then employees. There's lots of studies that show that employees feel really good about working for companies that are doing well for the environment and doing well for the um, community. So the idea that you are going to have a more loyal staff and the turnover rate will be less also is a benefit. People want to work for good companies, and that's proven over and over again. In the stock market, you know, You you see that how people invest in companies. You know, companies that are doing well reap results. And our conference really helps people think about relating that scaling to the, the direct benefits of growing their companies. Like I said, it's really building and growing authentic green businesses and making the case for that. Um, whether it's, you know, it's through their energy use or how they're going to scale up their operations, how they're going to uh, find the right innovative financial models, um, how they're going to market for green success, how to look at the, you know, the trends that are happening out there. So there's a whole range of experiences that a business owner or or employee will will receive if they if they attend the conference.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you mention the WalMarts and Whole Foods of the world because mm-hmm. um, that's something that we see a lot that big companies doing really big bold announcements sort of mm-hmm. take the lion's share of the limelight, whereas smaller businesses have just the same potential for impact but are mm-hmm. often you know, mm-hmm. overshadowed because they're limited in scope, they're limited in, in geographic distribution. What is your sense of the potential for impact of smaller companies that are that are looking to go green?
1: I think it's, it's the small companies that are leading the innovation in the industry small companies over and over again. If someone goes to our our website, greenpages.org, you'll see 4,000 amazing companies. And I would say that every one of those companies are innovative and really cutting edge. And that's where the larger corporations are going to for innovation in the marketplace. I don't think that Lee Scott had an epiphany that organic cotton clothing was... was what he needed to wear, mm-hmm. I think he saw the innovation in the marketplace and the movement of what consumers wanted, uh, whether it was organic food or non-toxic clothing or non-toxic you know, household products or lawn care. I mean, the consumer is saying, this is what I want. It's a health issue. It's, you know, it's a health it's an issue for my family, and it's a health issue for the planet. So I think that many of our small companies are the ones that are showing that innovation and are leading the way for the larger companies. And, I mean, one of the examples is, you know, a company that started out 15 years ago with three farmers and $1,000, which is Organic Valley Family of Farms, which is now up to $410 million operation representing 1,400 family farmers all over the country. I mean, what a success story about scaling. And so many, many companies now are looking at that model, going, "Oh, you know, there's something to be said there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. protecting the family farm, bringing healthy food to market."
0: And when was uh, when did Organic Valley join uh, Co-op America or the Green Business I
1: think Network? they I. I think they've probably been a member for at least fifteen years. Since I mean, I remember working with them when they first started and meeting the, the the three farmers who started it. I think it was probably at a at a conference, um, and I remember them talking about wanting to save family farms and how they wanted to go about doing that. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, let's let's start a cooperative of farmers." And here they are.
0: Co-op America has been around for. T- over 25 years, since sort of before mm-hmm. green business was even in, in existence. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how, what the world looked like when the organization started and how you've seen it change over the years?
1: Well, we started Co-Op America, and I have the, just the blessing of being able to have been here since the very beginning. And what brought me to this concept of Co-Op America was really bringing consumers and businesses together in a marketplace. Because many of us were out there working, whether it was in a local food cooperative, or on an organic uh, farm, or you know producing um, a, a a product, let's say you know a handmade um, pottery, that we had these great products all over the country, all over the world, but we, very many of us, lacked the resources access a larger marketplace. So the idea of bringing all these businesses together in a, a, actually we called it the alternative marketplace, and then marketing these products out to the consumers. And we started, our first product was a mail order catalog that profiled hundreds of amazing companies from fair trade companies to organic food companies and people that were making, you know, organic cotton clothing. And this was 24 years ago. (laughs) Um, and taking those out to a consumer market. And then we grew that into the National Green Pages, which now has thousands of companies in it. Um, So even the green festivals that we now produce and have been doing it for seven years, it's really a walk through what a community would look like. if if Everything about a community was green, sustainable, ecological, um, and dealt with social justice issues.
0: And earlier you mentioned that these small, smaller businesses are often leading the way in terms of innovation. Mm-hmm. Have you seen examples of that? Is there anything that comes to mind when you think about 25 years of, of history for the organization, anything you've seen that started small with one of your member companies that has since spread out into the larger world?
1: Well, I think you only have to point to household cleaners. Certainly there was one company, seventh generation, and now – um, there are numbers of companies that are producing um, household cleaning products or recycled paper products, like toilet paper and paper towels from recycled materials. And that wasn't the case years ago. It was very difficult to find those types of products. Mm-hmm. And Seventh Generation was a small uh, manufacturer that started out. And now you see, you know, when you go to you know your Shoppers Food Warehouse or your you know your grocery store or Walmart or Whole Foods, and you can see a proliferation of natural body care and natural um, household products.
0: And I think cleaners are a perfect example because even Clorox just came out with their own line of green cleaning products. That's
1: right. Clorox just came out with their green line. Now, I wonder why they did that. (laughs) Because the market is asking for it.
0: I guess some of these same ideas are going to be on display at the conference next week. Are there any innovations you see that more uh, companies are going to start to take notice of? One of the things
1: that I actually did at this conference and I'm really pleased is I'm putting together a number of really innovative business models. I looked around and, and selected five or six really creative business models that have that have started and are showing really high success rate. One of them is a company that's, making, that's harvesting Urban Honey. It's being produced by um, a number of disenfranchised communities in Chicago. Um, Some ex-offenders bringing this amazing product to market. They've got the whole story is just phenomenal. Um, It's called Sweet Beginnings. Um, We have another company that is called Burgerville, which is a chain of um, sustainable fast food restaurants out of the Northeast. An amazing model. Everything about the company is from how they source their raw ingredients to how they build their um, their stores, so that's a, a, an innovation that I think that could could easily be scalable in every community. Both of those examples are. So that's one of the things I'm very excited about at this conference is bringing these really innovation, these very special people who have put together these, these businesses that I think are very scalable um, in many communities across the country and they're
0: very innovative uh, business models. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Well, Denise, thanks very much for the time. Uh, I can't wait to hear how the, uh, how the conference goes. Great. Thank you so much, Matt, and all your work at Green Biz. You've
1: been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit GreenBiz.com.